You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are Locked On the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, credentialed media member at MavsFanatic.com. And I am joined, as always, by the also credentialed editor of Smoking Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? Nick. Tell us how your how your tryout went. <laughs> I guess it was a tryout. So the uh, 105.3 The Fan is doing these fan phenom events, and I think they're doing six of them. They're doing them all over DFW where you, you come, and it's, like, it's basically like American Idol for like sports talk radio hosts. <laughs> <laughs> so you get up there, you go for three minutes with Shippy from the Ben and Skin show, and you just pick a topic and you talk about it, and it went pretty well tonight. So I'm going back again tomorrow, which would be tonight if you're listening to this. Um, it's uh, Friday, so we're going back on Friday. A couple of the guys from the Seeing Stars are going with me. It's at Twin Peaks in Fort Worth. So if you want to, if you're out there, if you're if you're listening now and you're out there, come say hi. I'm a tall redhead white guy. <laughs> you're not redhead. What are you? I am red. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. Are you more red? I think you're more like brownish I was brownish definitely born red. That's for sure. But, okay. But yeah, so come say hi. Ask ask Mav draft questions. I'm excited for it. So yeah, it went well. But I got a question for you. Oh, we haven't talked about Harrison Barnes camp yet with uh, with Chief Brown. How did that go? That's true. Yeah, it was man. It's really cool event. And, the you know, the thing I liked about it the most was, you know, on the sign, it said, you know, is that this elementary school or actually it wasn't an elementary school. It's like a rec center type thing in South Dallas. And um, the sign said, you know, it's Harrison Barnes basketball camp is free from two to six. So. It wasn't just like, hey, you walk up to the door, you come in. They had to like register, but it was really cool to see, you know, a camp like that, a clinic put on for these kids. That, hey, like, it's free. I mean, you don't. Yeah. How great is I that? I mean, how many of these camps out there are like in the hundreds of dollars per kid? And Barnes takes time, and it was really cool. You know, we showed up, and he had different stations, different age groups. Barnes is going around interacting with the kids and talking with them, and it was. Just seeing some of the kids' faces, it was awesome. They played a game, a couple of games of knockout, and Barnes would miss. You know, if he missed a few, he would uh, he would go in and you know finish it with the dunk, and <laughs> it was like the greatest thing ever for the kids. Did and, he swat any shots? Oh yeah, yeah he did. There was this one, <laughs> there was this one play where this kid, this kid like did this move on on him and like threw it up one handed and it went in. Well, the oh. kid like the kid just stood there and just stared at him, like stared Barnes down. <laughs> And then he just slowly started walking back. And he had this, like, Odell Beckham hair, and he was, like, just staring at him. And Barnes was, like, looking at him like, oh, no, you didn't. So, like, you could tell Barnes made a mental note of that kid. That kid came up next time. Barnes swatted it across the gym, like, over by the, like, back, back door. And then he just stared at the kid. So and if any so. of you think that Harrison Barnes isn't competitive, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a really fun event. It's cool to see you know, Barnes is – you know, we can't praise him enough for yeah. the type of guy he is. And Chief Brown, your former police chief Brown, right, right. Uh, came in at the end and he was looking all sharp and stuff. And <laughs> he he just made one line that I tweeted out and I liked it a lot. And he just said, you know, the future's bright for, for Barnes's playing career right. in the NBA, but it's even brighter for his character in Dallas. And it's true, man. Barnes is what, if you could pick of a character type of dude to – make a professional athlete that's who you would make it and so really cool event cool that barnes does something like that yeah barnes's character is something that 
like maybe fans don't really care about because they'd rather him be like LeBron, you know, like it'd be like LeBron level really good. And LeBron is also a great character guy, but you know, they'd rather have that kind of talent and then have like a, you know, a Charles Barkley type that doesn't really care, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah. even though, even though he did care, but just, he put off, he put on the persona that he doesn't, but Harrison Barnes, I mean, that is, he is amazing. Like, hashtag we the media have nothing bad to say about harrison barnes because of the way he treats us you know i was yeah. watching the lakers celtics documentary the 30 for 30 and kareem abdul jabbar did not get treated well by the media because he didn't treat the media well and that's the complete <laughs> opposite for harrison barnes like <laughs> you know yeah and a lot of times you know when he talks to us media he'll sit there and he'll answer all of our questions yeah and then if even if you know in a, in a media circle all of us ask questions and then after kind of like the last question, it's kind of like everybody looks at each other and we just kind of like all walk away. Well, if, if you still want to talk to him, he usually literally just stands at his chair and is like, are all of you good? You know, anybody else need anything? And like, who does that, man? Like what max player, you know, making that money? Like, and there is a flip side, you know, we can go like, there's a flip side where people say, okay, well you're making 20 something million dollars. Like that's you should job, have to, yeah. yeah, that's your job. You do that. And, I, I get that. I totally get that. But there's also a side, too, where it has to get annoying. Now that we're on this subject, Dirk talked about him when he went um, on Ben and Skin show last week, I think, and talked about just raved about him and said that uh, he was so impressed with him. He said he's become pretty close with him. And we witnessed that a couple times in the locker room where we see them joking around. And I wrote in a, a hashtag I did a piece about the, the Maverick season in review. And uh, I wrote about this one moment that just really stuck out to me where they were joking around and uh, they're saying, like, you know, could Dirk, you know, could could Harrison Barnes do what Dirk did? And, you know, if he, you know, like, like so, then then Barnes made a joke about Dirk's defense and he goes, well, you're the max money man. You got to bring it on both ends. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes back in the playoffs, you were guarding Antonio McDice or something like that. And he brought up that name and it just made – Everybody in the locker room just crack up, and they are joking about each other. And it was just, it's just really cool to see because you, you wonder, like, in the, the Lakers locker room, like, was Kobe doing that with Russell and Clarkson? Like, you know what I mean? Or in the yeah. in the Timberwolves locker room, was that happening? Or, in, you know, with, with KG and guys, like, maybe to a certain extent, but not to, like, the level that, like, like man, the Mavs fans have been so spoiled with Dirk. He is an incredible ambassador for the city. And for this team, and and he's passing it on to Harrison Barnes, who looks as just as good of an ambassador. Definitely yeah. not as good of a player, but as good of an ambassador for sure. And that's what when this season first started, you know, I was talking to a guy that works for the Mavericks, and we were talking in their PR department, and we were talking, and we were talking about Harrison, just the type of guy he is, and he he said that he's like, you know, we've been blessed with Dirk for so many years as like our main spokesperson, our main guy to deal with, and just how cool of a guy he is. And he said, now we're almost spoiled yeah. of getting Har Harrison. And he's like, if the way it's looking, you know, the baton's getting passed to Harrison. He's like, we're just as spoiled now. So it's really cool. Yeah, completely. So before we move on, thanks so much for listening, guys. If you can, subscribe on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And holy cow, we have had two of our best days. This, this whole week has been amazing. You guys have really you know stepped up listening to the podcast we appreciate it so much our numbers are through the roof uh the best that we've had on this show even going back to to, to uh mike and what what jake did so we're you know taking their foundation and they definitely built this this audience and, and you know built this and so we appreciate them so much and we're hoping to take it to the next level and you guys have definitely stepped up so i appreciate it appreciate all the uh 
all the questions on the Reddit AMA today that we did. And uh, if you guys haven't listened to the Locked On NBA mock draft, it is awesome. It is, it's literally incredible. This the way that yeah. it is. It feels like a real draft is going by. <laughs> it does. Because <laughs> David Locke sets it up like a real draft. Then you send it to the guys that, you know, the local guys, and they talk about the pick. And then you send it back. And Mike Schmitz from Draft Express, like, this is Mike Schmitz, like, from Draft Express. Like, like the guys that do the stuff that we, like, we read and, and learn all of our stuff from, basically. Yeah. And he breaks down the pick. And then, uh, so the one that got released today was the Mavericks pick. And it wasn't at 9 because it was at 12 if you guys listened to our Locked On, Locked On draft episode a couple days ago. Um, and so he talked about our, our trade and he, he said it a bunch of times and said that the Mavericks were on the phone. And it was just so, – it was like really cool. I was nerding out about it. And then I – you know, you hear us on there and you're like, oh, we're just some bumbling idiots. He's talking <laughs> <laughs> so – but on the Reddit AMA today, if you guys didn't read it, it's probably it's probably still up there. Um, all the Pistons fans are so mad. They did not like that trade at all. Yeah, and like we had some like Twitter it. reaction too, yeah. and that they they felt that we got the upper hand on that trade, uh, the hypothetical trade for us controlling the Mavericks. So for sure. So that was super fun. We just had a great time with it. Uh, also, a couple guys, uh, somebody's tweet been tweeting us updates about Frank Milikina in the the finals that he's in right now. Um. Yeah, so he had another game today, and it could possibly stretch into the draft. <laughs> yeah, so actually, I was going to try to watch it. I was just kind of scared. I didn't want to, like my computer to get blown up like LimeWire. Or you remember LimeWire back in the day? <laughs> I downloaded many <laughs> like, things on LimeWire. Or fr- FrostWire. You just download like an entire discography of like I don't know Dave Matthews just because you can. You're just like <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Let's listen to like, all of Dave Matthews tonight. Like, okay. But, yeah, there were some shady sites I was on that was like, okay, click on this, and you can watch it. I'm like, yeah. no, nah, bro, And no, you have to, like, there's certain ads, and you have to wait for the X to move before you can click it. <laughs> yeah. There's, so I was like, nah, sites. like, I want to see Nilakina play, but not that bad. But I, I followed along a box score, and he had a, you know, if you want to say better or whatever, they, they won by two. So they evened up their series. He's in the finals over there, and they, they evened up their series 1-1. And the way it's set up to where if that series goes the distance, then he could, he wouldn't miss the draft because he he said on the you said what what the New York New York Daily News or New York Post Daily or? News I think I saw okay and he, he he was interviewed for them and he said his plan would be to play in Game Four over there, fly to New York, then fly back after the draft and and we were talking about before we we actually like really like that about him like you you yeah. know like. He comes off the bench like he does. He's just like a youngin that he doesn't get a ton of minutes. Like who? He doesn't have to you know do that. Like he, he doesn't have done. to care. He could have not even gone to the playoffs. You know. Like he yeah, he doesn't play. care that much. Like so the fact that he cares that much to finish the ride with his team, I like that a lot. And that's something we're definitely going to be talking about today when we talk about Monk and uh and De'Aaron Fox because the the heart and the care like just the he get like De'Aaron Fox gives a crap you know like you saw him crying after he lost and you can you contrast that with Lonzo Ball and how he as soon as they they lost he was declared for the draft (laughs) you know that's just that's completely different than what Nila Kina is doing um I mean I guess Lonzo could have not played in March but you think that hey do you remember who made Fox cry what team what team beat them yeah, North Carolina. <laughs> oh, stop. So yeah, that's what we're doing today. So that was that was our news segment. It went a little bit longer than normal, but we got good stuff to say. So we uh, we're gonna profile Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. And 
almost the same as Jonathan Isaac and Jason Tatum. These are guys we do not think are going to be available for the Mavericks, but you never know. <laughs> you never know Monk. if they make a trade or something like that. Monk. Monk, better shot than Fox for sure. Do you think Monk could be available more so than Tatum? Yes, I more do. More likely? Absolutely, yeah, yes. I, th- I think so too. I think I'm almost borderline of saying that Monk might be more available than Dennis Smith. Yeah. But we've seen Dennis. Yeah. I mean, Dennis Smith is working out for the, you know, the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> Philly, like there's different stuff with that, which, you know, we don't know what to believe. This is, but this is a time for a guy like that to rise up boards because he is like he's doing these individual workouts. He's in a gym by himself. He's going to look incredible because he's, you know, his shot's going to go in because there's no, there's nothing in his face. His shots didn't go in because he was putting up bad shots. His shot selection wasn't that great, but this is not about Dennis Smith. Anyway. Hey, wait, really quick. Yeah. I know this is before we dive into Fox. I don't know if you got to see uh, Chad Ford from ESPN's latest uh, draft chatter thing, but he said one of the fastest rising names is Luke Kennard. And he said in his thing that he yeah. has a, a a workout you know schedule for Dallas. So that, that was kinda... yeah. Well, Fish reported that saying that Kennard and like Zach Collins and they're they're just doing their due diligence on all these guys. But they also said that I, I saw a Bleacher Report today that, <laughs> that the Knicks, fit... the Knicks were going to take Luke Kennard, and if they do that, hey, he would fit the triangle though. But it would be too if hot. If they do that, gosh, if they pass up Malik Monk to do that. Also, all right. So let okay. Let's get into Aaron Fox, and then I'll, I'll I'll talk about the people today that were saying that they if they get stuck with Malik Monk, then they'll deal with it. We'll we'll talk about that when we get to Monk. But all right, let's go into Fox. So his strengths, obviously, is super quick. He's what would you say he's the quickest guy in the draft? Absolutely, for yes. sure, for sure. He's he's also long. I mean, um, yeah. He's he's his intan his intangibles are also amazing. We talked about how much he cares, and he he stepped up huge. There's one thing that's been talked about a lot is how um, Magic Johnson was there when Lonzo Ball and De'Aaron Fox went against each other, and De'Aaron Fox just embarrassed Lonzo Ball in that game. I mean, that was that was the pinnacle game, and for me, you know, I've said before that effort means a lot to me. You know, when it comes to like Dennis Smith stuff, like that's just Should. something for me when I watch stuff that it means a lot. Something else that means a lot, like a just you know a random thing, is big time games and. Everyone knew that. I mean, that was a Sweet 16 game, the biggest game. You could you could make a point that that was the best game of the whole tournament. Oh, yeah. But, it's the, it's like, the last one I remember, you know? Yeah, it was Lonzo versus Fox. Like, Monk. everyone knew. Lonzo and them had beat beat them before earlier in the year. Who was the so, coach's kid? People were, like, talking about Alford. Yeah. Bryce Alford. Bryce yeah. Alford. Yeah, so that was a huge, I mean, huge matchup. So, like, it was like, okay, how is this going to play out? And fox obviously but you know i do i don't want to like take up for lonzo but you know fox put up 39 in that game but ucla did throw a lot of zone at him it wasn't just fox putting up 39 in lonzo's face but it did bring out those kind of like can lonzo go one-on-one and they were just running some pick and rolls at the top of the key that was kind of throwing lonzo off some and fox looked like he could get in the paint at will against lonzo so and that's what you really love about De'Aaron Fox is that he can get in the paint. He will. He's a willing passer. He can pass. I mean, it, it'd just be an awesome, like, driving. We talked about him possibly going to the Kings, and that would just – that would be really cool for them. <laughs> He's have yeah. you know, Buddy Heald. And if they could get Markkinen at 10, you have Markkinen and Buddy Heald, and then you have De'Aaron yeah. Fox cutting in the lane, like, that could be really cool for them. His weaknesses, obviously, the, the one thing everybody's talking about is 
His name should be De'Aaron Fox, quote, if he can get a jump shot. Like, <laughs> or De'Aaron, if he can get a jump shot, Fox. Like, that's just the one thing. That's It's almost a, it's at the level of Ben Simmons where, where it's just like all people talk about is his weakness. But is there anything else that you see as a weakness in his game? No, well, you know, he shot 24% from three and at Kentucky, and it obviously wasn't a big deal. But the thing about it is his form looks great. Like it's a, right. it's a, it's a nice form. It's a nice lefty form, which I do fall victim sometimes. Like for some reason, left-handers, like they just look, well, a couple, looks great. There's, I, there's some NBA people that think that you get two or three extra points a game because people forget that you're left-handed. <laughs> hmm, <laughs> that's odd. That. Yeah. But his jump, like his jump shot, he hit 10 threes in a game in, in high school. Yeah. So like it's there, he can put it in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, you know, I, I'm not as worried about that. You know, it's it's whatever. You know, his frame, he's really thin, and his legs are really thin. I watched – it was actually kind of funny. I was at home a decent amount today, and they they were playing – it might have been in light of the Louisville stuff that went down today. Jeez. They were playing uh, the Louisville-Kentucky game of this past year, which is crazy now because, you know, it has Monk, Fox, Bam, and Donovan Mitchell for Louisville. Damn. So there's like four four big players. Are you making fun of my country accent? No, no, just, yeah, I thought you. I were. love that his name is Bam. I just think that's <laughs> Bam awesome. Idris Idris Bam Adebayo. But uh, but yeah, so it's cool. You know, Mitchell was going against Fox and and Monk, but Fox, man, I was just you know I was trying to do different things today, and since I was at home, and but I kept on like gravitating to the TV, and when Fox <laughs> would have the ball or Monk would have the ball, and I'm like, what are they gonna do? Because Fox is he's so thin, and he can get in the lane so quick. And he can he can jump so high like he does so so many crafty things around the basket so but like weaknesses it's a shooting and it's his frame you know if he goes against somebody like Westbrook they're just gonna bully him which is both things that you can improve on I mean we saw oh yeah 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 we've seen guys definitely improve on that you've seen Kevin Durant improve on his frame Kevin Durant I, I was reminded that Kevin Durant couldn't even bench the bar like wasn't that a thing that he couldn't bench like one rep in the minimum. <laughs> in the draft and people were like oh he's too skinny he's too thin and uh and then the shooting i mean Kawhi leonard is obviously the, the poster child for improving shooting so it's definitely yeah. something his availability there was at one point in the nba <laughs> season where i remember that yeah. people were saying that we should take deer and fox and like should we take deer and fox <laughs> yeah yeah like that we could and that we you know wondering if we should and i'm like well at this point he was a guy that was definitely going to move up boards because he was going to do well in interviews. He was going to do well in, you know, individual workouts. So, I and, see, uh, and, I see him definitely and, going to Sacramento. Yeah, and he's one of those guys too that he he went into his workout saying, "I'll go against anybody." Yeah, like, yeah. You sign me up, like, and you don't see too many top five recruits doing that. He went to the combine, even though he didn't participate in five on five or do any like really big athletic stuff. He still went. And you look at the past couple of years, you know, you don't see top three to five prospects going. And he went, did interviews, great character guy. You couldn't, you can't talk about him enough when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, it almost feels like he's a guy that's like, I have nothing to hide. Like my game has nothing to hide. I'll go out there. I'll play against anybody. And you, you want that guy with that confidence. You know, you sometimes we keep crapping on Lonzo ball, but <laughs> you feel like a guy <laughs> like Lonzo is just like trying to keep the mystery alive, you know, like trying to keep the mystery from, from people. And sometimes we feel like this with international prospects where the, you, you'd rather know less about the pro, about the prospect than, you know, you want to because it, it pumps them up as the draft goes on. But yeah. Do you see him going any any higher than than 5 maybe? Yeah, I do. Um I'm actually working on my 
my last, probably my last mock draft right now. I did it today. I did my picks, but it's probably going to come out tomorrow or Saturday. And I have Fox going three. And I, for, for the longest time, I didn't have him going three. I had him going four or five. But I just – the just his workouts and just the guy he is, and he doesn't – I know it, it's not. I've been saying all along I think Monk's the best fit for Philly. I think if Philly can move down to get a, a, a Monk or Dennis Smith, I think that would be ideal. But if they're just going to take somebody, putting just taking the best player, and I think Fox is that next best player yeah. at three, and just taking him, working on the shooting. It's not a perfect fit with Ben Simmons, I know, and you can bash me for whatever you want. It's not a shooter, whatever. But just take it and running with Ben Simmons, and who knows? And so, and you don't know if Ben Simmons is good. What if Ben Simmons is awful and De'Aaron Fox is amazing? Then you're like, well, why did we care about the fit? You know, this is exactly what we talked yeah. about on yesterday's show with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum and Harrison Barnes are basically the same player, but if Jason Tatum's available at nine, you take him. You go with talent because you're a 33 win team and you need to. The Sixers are in the exact same position, yeah. so. I can't see him falling past Sacramento at all. If he does, Orlando would definitely pick him and make Alfred Payton the, you know, <laughs> yeah. on the way it, out. It's three, three to five. That's if yeah. he, I don't, I don't buy the Lakers talk. I mean, I, that's I, I, I think I'd still Lonzo. So three to five anywhere through there. And that should show you how much we, we like Lonzo is that we just crapped on him for like 10 minutes and then we're like, Oh no, he's definitely better. And he's definitely, well, I, I, I'm all in on Lonzo. I love yeah. Lonzo. Uh, his ceiling and his floor, I mean, you could see him being like a John Wall, like, you know, multiple-time all-star, all-NBA type guy. If he gets a shot, I mean, holy cow. I could see him being an MVP eventually at some point, especially once the once the, this generation of point guards is phased out and we have the, you know, the generation now. I could see – because De'Aaron Fox is going to go against anybody and he's going to think that he's better than anybody on the court. How fun is this class going to be in, like, five years? Oh, I'm you so know, excited this, about it. This point guard class of – Dennis Smith, Fox, Foltz, Ball, Milikina, but new generation of point guards. Were you- yeah, man, and you you gotta love it. And with Fox, you know the name that does get thrown around a lot, and it has to do with Kentucky too. But is John Wall, and you know Fox is six four with a six six wingspan, and John John Wall is six four with a six nine wingspan. So so Wall has a, a little bit better, and and Wall's a little thicker. But, you know, if you do have to remember, Wall didn't come out this thick either. Yeah. You know, Wall gained a little bit of mu- little, little bustle. And, but, like, the same – I mean, it's almost the same identical scouting report for when Wall came out of college. Is super explosive. You get him in the fast – you know, in the in the uh, fast break. Yeah, it's like crazy. once-in-a-generation athlete. Yeah, and questionable jump shot. Well, that's De'Aaron Fox. So, yeah. I mean, that – I think Fox is probably a little bit better of a defensive prospect coming out than what Wall was, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's it. I think you are looking at the next John Wall. I, I do buy that comparison 100. percent And his floor is, man, his his floor is pretty high to me. Even though he doesn't have the jumper, I mean, you'd think like more athletic Ricky Rubio, probably right, like a like a middle tier like number. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, a middle tier. I think Rubio's a better passer, but I'm just trying to think of like a, a Drew Holiday, you know, like so in that in that like middle type of a Dennis Schroeder, you know, like I think Schroeder's a, a decent comparison for him, like kind of linky, thinner, fast point guard, you know, Schroeder, Schroeder's shot has gotten a little bit better in Atlanta, but. I think I don't think he's going to be. I I'm, I think Fox is great, and I think are we going to talk about fit with Dallas? Yeah, definitely. 
because because I was asked today, you know, we're doing a round table uh, at the Smoking Cuban with our whole staff and we're, we do this ever so often where we just send the same questions to our whole staff and we just all answer them and put them all together. But two of the questions is what is your dream, dream pick for the Mavericks and what is the best fit for the Mavericks? And I'm like, De'Aaron Fox for both. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, right. I, I mean, that would be my dream, my dream pick. If we could get him, that would be my, you know, outside of like art outside of Fultz and ball, you know, like leaving them at the top and, and I think he would be the best fit. I mean, he would play perfect alongside Seth. And but I don't want to get too excited right now because it's not going to happen. <laughs> His NBA comparison, we already mentioned, sort of that John Wall type of Ricky Rubio, maybe less good of a passer but better athlete. Um, and then his future role, I mean, yeah, he's he's running your team. I, he's not going to be very good off the ball, so you're like handing the keys to De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I did write that down. I forgot to mention that in a weakness. He's not going to play the two card. You know it. No, it's that the same, guy that said that that guy in the Tottenham shame that said that he should play two is or like yeah Dennis Smith should play two or something. Yeah, Dennis Smith's the same way. Like both of them, they have to have the ball in their hands. Like Markel Fultz, he could play two guard. Yeah. Like even Lonzo, even though Lonzo's like a crazy playmaker, like let me run the show. Lonzo can play off the ball, and so but Fox and Smith, I don't see them playing off the ball. So. They need the ball, whatever system they go, you know, he goes to, you know, put him in that, let him run the show. So, but he's not going to be there for Dallas unless Dallas pulls off some just crazy, hey, let's move up to four or five. And I don't see that happening. Which, I don't know. You never know. But uh, his roster impact, he would start right away, right? There's no, there's no way that he would, if he went to Dallas, if somehow Dallas ended up with him, he would start day one. I do believe that. Yeah, I know I joked before about not starting for Rick, a rookie point guard, but I think he's such a high character guy. He he's like he would be like Yogi, like he he would have a character like Yogi. Yeah, and because Yogi's super high character guy, and so I think yeah, work With hard, the, try hard type guy, and he would be like that. Yeah. All right. Well, we talked about why the Mavs should take him. Like the Mavs shouldn't take him. There's no reason. <laughs> they would they just go for it. I mean. If he falls, there's there might be a reason he falls, but Mavericks should just go with it. Yeah, I don't even I don't see any team before us a reason for them to pass him up. Like even Minnesota, like yeah. he's he's better than Chris Dunn and Rubio. Just take him. <laughs> the Knicks do, man. That would be a, the worst thing they ever did. All right, a guy that is more likely to go to the Dallas Mavericks or be available at least for the Dallas Mavericks, at least from the mock drafts that I've seen recently, is Malik Monk. Uh, or what, didn't, didn't you have somebody that said, if we get stuck? All right, <laughs> let's do it. I had some people. Let's let's make them the Sottenham shame. Let me see if I can find them, and we'll, we'll make them the Sottenham shame. But, man, there are some people today that were tweeting at me, if we get stuck with De'Aaron Fox, or if we get stuck with Malik Monk, being stuck with Malik Monk would be one of the best things that has, has ever happened in this organization because, man, this guy, hes he, we talked about it maybe yesterday that he might be better than Seth Curry right now. Uh, he is. I'm sorry. I, I, I think he is. I, and I, that's, that's no disrespect to Seth Curry. I just think, I think that Monk is better than him right now. I don't know how – any other way to say that he's just more explosive. I think he's a better overall scorer. He's better, you know, better athlete right now. Defense. I don't know about even, I'd probably say Seth, it's a little bit better defensively right now, but all right, here's the tweet. This is the Sottenham shame at special K 
one, two, one, five, two, five. Kevin Blaine. I love numbers. From what I've seen in mocks now, it could be very likely we are stuck with Monk. Who could we get for Curry if so? Not smart to keep both. And I responded, stuck with Monk is the first time I've heard it said that way. Getting Monk would be amazing. And then somebody responded to that at Arcia underscore underscore three. If we get Monk, we know the draft didn't go our way. Now, this is Sotnam shame level. Because do people actually think this? Do people think that if Malik Monk is there available for the Mavericks, that the draft didn't go their way? Like how – and this guy said that we need a point guard for the future. And I said – I said, he is a guard for the future. Like, you're looking at the future. I would rather have eight years of Malik Monk and try to find out what his ceiling is because his floor right now is what Seth Curry is right now. Maybe Seth Curry has some more ceiling to hit. Maybe he has a higher ceiling that he can hit at some point. He can rise to another level. But Malik Monk is going to be – is 19 – He's going to come in, give you pretty much the same thing that Seth Curry did this year, and his ceiling is way higher than that. I could see Malik Monk being, you know, at worst, Jamal Crawford. At worst, being a guy that's like, you know, sixth man of the year a couple times and is like, you know, super good coming in and giving you buckets. But I could also see him be a guy that, you know, comes, that takes over games and starts and like, you know, maybe moves to the point guard, sort of like like James Harden did, where he's, you know, doing a lot of, you know, scoring and doing a lot of, but he still does playmaking and they just give him the ball because like, this is a better option than anything else we have is to give this guy the ball and let him do what he do what he can. Yeah. I love how you said Curry is his floor. I really like that. I didn't think about that before. They, that's, that would be his floor now. And yeah, I mean, you know, Monk's six, four has six, three wingspan. So it's almost identical to Curry. Um, that's not great. His arms seem longer to me than that. They do seem longer. I I pulled that off Draft Express, so it could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe. But are you sure that that was like this year? Because sometimes they have them on there that it's like 2013, and I was like, yeah, oh. from from when they're in like sixth grade. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh dang. Like Jason to, Jason Tatum, they had him going all the way back to like 2000, like 10 or 11. <laughs> they're like, holy. They're kid. legit. They're legit in their like math class in seventh grade, measuring their arms. Gosh. But like. But like the thing with Monk is, you know, when we, when when I was having lunch the other day with with Charks from the Ringer, we were talking about he was asking me about Kentucky because you know I'm from Kentucky and I'm like, well I remember whenever this class came into Kentucky, all the talk was about Monk. Like Monk was the man. Is right, this yeah? And Fox kind of you know passed him up as the season went along, but like Monk was the guy. Hey, this kid from Arkansas that can just complete stroke the basketball. But like, here's the thing that people kind of forget about Monk, because when you think about Monk or like a casual fan talks or things about Monk, it's okay. It's a guy that can shoot a lot of three pointers. The dude had a 42 inch vertical. He participated, (laughs) he participated in the McDonald's all American dunk contest. So like he was in that thing throwing like between the leg dunks down. So he's an athlete. It's not a, that's where he separates himself from like a Seth Curry. If you want to compare the two, you know, like Curry's not doing that, you know, Monk can throw the, throw the ball down. So, and his whole fit at Kentucky, I don't know if that's a time right now for us to go into that, but you know, this past year at Kentucky, you know, they had Fox running the ball, you know, or having the ball the whole time. We just talked about how you can't run Fox off the ball because you can't shoot. So Monk was kind of regulated to that and how Calipari recruits, this is kind of going deeper with Kentucky players, but are like, you really good? Okay, you can come to Kentucky. 
Yeah, like it's it's you know obviously he does the one and done stuff like tries to get the best players, but like Calipari never really gets the the elite shooters. So like he always gets the great big man. You see the cats, the, the, Booker, the, the 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 the, the boogie stuff. Yeah, but Booker's kind of exception. But then he gets like the point guards, the Derrick Roses, the you know the John Wall. John, John Walls stuff. So like a lot of these teams sometimes they miss shooting. AKA last year they had Fox. And then they had, you know, bam, they had some players down low. And so, like, Monk was, like, their only three-point shooter. And even, like, the Booker year, like, there's no, there was nobody outside of Booker that can hit the three. So there were so many times Monk was – Apparently Towns can. So. <laughs> well, yeah, he can now. <laughs> no, he wasn't, they, didn't, they didn't even play together. My bad. Never mind. But, you know, that's the thing, too, is, like, you know, big man at Kentucky, they he wants to put them in the post when really they can shoot threes too. So, but I don't want to talk about Calipari's coaching. And <laughs> sore spot. <laughs> so, but like you know, they had Derek Willis, which is you know this taller white guy, and he could shoot the three a little bit. But like Monk was like their man, so like they needed a three, they just passed it to Monk, and like hey, fire it away. And what's crazy is he finished the season shooting almost forty percent from three, attempting seven a game. When you're the only when you're the only three point shooter really on like in the rotation and you're shooting seven a game and you're shooting it at a forty percent clip, sign me up any day. That's the scouting report on him. Like it, there's you know, there's not news to anybody that Malik Monk can shoot. <laughs> it's just like that's normal. So I I pulled up the uh, the wingspan thing and it's really interesting. Okay, so let me see what you think about this. So they have numbers from him all the way back to two thousand twelve with USA USA basketball. And for the entire length of the time that they had length pun intended that they had uh, measurements for him he had a 65 to 67 wingspan so like anywhere between there so in 2012 it was 65 and then all the way up to uh, 2014 and this is with USA basketball that he had a 67 wingspan and that and then in 2015 with USA basketball he had a 66 wingspan and then in 2016 his official college team wingspan measurement 63 and a half so either <laughs> either they're did, not it's not six three either they caught they cut off two and a half inches <laughs> from his <laughs> wingspan or the official college team measured wrong like or something yeah. happened because that is a that is too big of a data size from 2012 all the way to 2015 for all of those to be wrong completely wrong you know what i mean like maybe they just continued yeah. it on like i don't know his wingspan's longer than that it's yeah, and you watch him play like it's not six three. It has to be the six five and stuff. You know, and like I've said, I feel like I say it every podcast, but I watched a lot of ACC basketball this year, and we played Kentucky this year. Yeah, I know, and like <laughs> we Carolina played Kentucky, and dang, what happened? Freaking watch Monk put up forty seven on us. Jeez. Like that Almost was in fifty it, points in a college game. In a college game, man, like Monk put up forty seven points. Like I saw that dude just. And that's when I, after this year, I say, you know, I don't, I don't like brag on Kentucky a ton because they're always like a rival for me, but Monk's the best. And I'll give him this label. He's the best heat check player at the college level since Steph Curry. Like it reminds me so much of Steph Curry at Davidson, you know, just launching them even in that little, you know, the tournament run, they, uh, Davidson made it to the sweet 16 with Curry and, but Monk, there is. There hasn't been a guy since Steph Curry that's made more heat check. Like, let's give you the ball and put up, you know, yeah. six to eight points in a matter of forty-five seconds. Or like, do you remember Jerry and Grant in, at Notre Dame? 
he had, he, had, he had games like that too, but it has obviously not translated. So reminds me a little JJ Redick at Duke too. Like those are oh, the days yeah, yeah. that it was just crazy. So he can, like you said before, a talent like that at nine. I mean, you, you're not you just, stuck with a talent like that. You you accept it and you take it. Like, is he? Is it redundant with Seth Curry? Sure. Absolutely, absolutely. But you have to ask yourself: Is is passing Monk? Is Seth Curry worth worth passing Monk on? So and let's that, so let's talk about fit then. If the Mavericks do end up stuck with Malik Monk, could you see Curry and Monk play together? Um, it kind of so you know the biggest question mark with Monk is can he play point and absolutely no one knows that right now like no <laughs> <Yeah>. nobody does <laughs> could he play the point for the New York Knicks absolutely he could play the triangle and it would be great um but can he run the point for like the Dallas Mavericks we don't know that because Fox did it all at Kentucky and so like can they play together I don't know. I, I, I would say that they would probably put Curry at point in that situation, but they're, they're so similar with that. I would want, if I'm running Monk out there, whether it's at the one or two, I want a defensive guy next to him. And that's not saying, like, Monk's not a Dennis Smith, like, to where it's like really, it would be really bad. I, I would take Monk's defense over Dennis Smith's, but I don't know. That's Could they play together? Maybe. It's not ideal at all, though. Yeah, no, you're not going to be a playoff team with that, but they could play and they could succeed in that lineup to an extent. I could see him. I could see Dallas though, if that's the case, and Monk's there at nine, and they take him. I could just see him bringing him off the bench in a six man role in this Jamal Crawford role, at least the first year, and then that's your like Seth Curry insurance. If you don't trade Curry, you go into that next off season saying, okay, like here's our our money that we're going to pay him if we lose him, we got Monk to replace him, you know. Yeah, long-term, you would think that Seth Curry would be on the way out. That's the case. So his his ceiling and his floor, I mean, I think we already mentioned that. His availability, uh, Monk could go as high as three to Philadelphia. If Philadelphia just goes, look, we need shooting. This is the best shooting that you know that we can get. And we're really going with Ben Simmons. We believe in Ben Simmons as a point guard. We need a guy that could shoot next to him. And we want to go fit. And so we're like, all right. Let's just go with Malik Monk. This is a guy that can light it up. We need a guy that can light it up, and let's go with it. I don't think don't think that's what they're going to do, but there's a possibility where that happens. If you're a Dallas fan, you do, and you're if you're a Dallas fan, you're obviously listening to this podcast. But way to go! Congratulations, you found it. <laughs> if you're a Dennis Smith fan or a Monk fan, and you want either one of them in Dallas, then you do not want Philly to trade down. So like if it gets some draft yeah. night and you're like and they're like unless oh, it's Philly. with the Mavericks, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay yeah yeah, <laughs> but if Philly's like trading down to you know like six seven you know eight something through there, then that's not looking good for your chances because they're gonna grab Smith or or Monk. But then you have to ask yourself too if you're Philly, I think would you agree that Monk's the best fit out of those prospects probably in for Philly? Philly? Yeah. Yes. So, like, okay, if you're Philly and you're sitting there and you're like, Malik Monk is the best fit alongside Ben Simmons. Like, he gives you another ball handler shooting, uh, blah, 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 blah. Is it, like, at some point you just have to ask yourself or tell yourself, you just take him and be done with it. Like, you don't care what people say if it's too high 
Or what is the biggest difference of drafting him three compared to trying to go through all this stuff to move down to five or six? You know, like yeah. if he's your guy, just just take it. Like just be done with it. You're you're Philly, okay? You're <laughs> you're you're still in that stage of it's not. You know, you you got you're gonna some, have another shot at this. <laughs> yeah. So just you just take him if if he's your guy, you just take him. But yeah, Philly. You know, I don't see him. He worked out for Phoenix, and they asked him about, you know, teams he worked out for and, like, his fit. And he said, hey, I, I'm not going to work out for a team that I don't think I would fit very well with. I don't see him fitting well with, with Phoenix because some people like to call him, like, a smaller booker. And I see the, like, heat check type stuff yeah. with that. But booker's a little bit bigger and a little bit more <sighs> framier is not a word. Longer, I guess. I like the coin framier. Framier is not good. But yeah, I don't say like he has a frame more so than. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he longer. Been framed more than. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I don't see him going to Phoenix, and then it gets into Sacramento. I, I feel like that would him and Buddy Hield's kind of redundant some, and that was like their main guy they got back. But even though I say that, but if if he's still on the board at ten, I think if you're Sacramento, you just take Monk and be done with it. Yeah. But so would you say what Philly, and and once you get past that, Orlando. I can see Philly taking him. Phoenix maybe taking him. I mean, that's that's what you just mentioned. Like maybe that's not a great fit. Sacramento, not really. Like him and Buddy Heald are pretty. Yeah. Pretty redundant. Uh, Orlando definitely. I mean, Orlando yeah. should just take talent. Um, Minnesota, Minnesota's where he went in the lockdown draft. And I thought that was a weird pick for them. I can see it only because of Zach Levine, you know, an explosive guy like that coming off of ACL tear. There's always the small question mark in that, but, and I would, I would take monks outside shooting over Levine's, but still, I don't think that would be ideal. I think it's Philly, Orlando or New York because he would fit in the triangle. Great. And then there's a possibility he's there at Dallas. Like like we keep saying, if Laurie Marketing goes or OG, we're here in OG in, in certain Kennard. places. Or Kennard. Kennard apparently is going to the Knicks. <laughs> so if, we, if you hear one of those names above Dallas, then a good a really good player is coming to Dallas. And they'll, they'll probably have their pick of at least two really good players. Because, like, so let's just say this. Would you say there's there's the top eight and then there's like are we like, doing right, tiers right now? Are we doing tiers right now? I, love, I guess a little I bit. I'm about, but I, like, if would you say there's a top eight and then there's then there's Nilakina? No, like I, you would, like, you're saying that Dennis Smith is in there with the with I the like, top. Eight. I like Nilakina more than I like Smith. Okay, because of the floor. So, so like, so that's why I was saying like, even if it's just if it's just marketing that goes. Then would you say okay? Then there's a great player that's going to be there compared to if Markinen doesn't go and Nilakina is the best player there. You're like okay, this I'm satisfied with this. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So if I feel like that's how fans are viewing it. I feel like fans, most fans are saying okay, like Dennis Smith. Yeah, that would be a, a sexier pick than Nilakina. So like we're putting him in that top eight of players to where if anybody jumps into that top eight then we know a Monk, a Smith, an Isaac, uh, whoever is going to be available at nine, and we're going to be, like, super excited, you know? Yeah. 
And if I had to pick if that was the case and Nilakina was after that top eight, if I had to pick a player in that top eight to fall to Dallas, it's Monk. Yeah, I think so too. Because Orlando, I, I can, I'm really liking the Dennis Smith to Orlando yeah. situation for both sides. I think that's just that would just be a really good fit. Um, yeah, so Monk might Comparisons? be available. Comparisons for him. I mean, we said already like a Seth Curry's like Seth Curry right now. Jamal Crawford is another guy that comes to mind with him. Um, better, probably better defensively. Yeah, my only thing with those comparisons is Monk's a lot better athletically. That's also yeah, true. Yeah. I don't think you know Seth or Jamal ever had a forty-two inch vertical. So like I put it as a <laughs> as a combination as a combination Definitely between a J.R. Smith and a Lou Williams. J.R. Smith is a good one. So like remember back in the day like J.R. was threw down some nasty dunks. Well, you saw in the finals, he can throw down some, he can, he can hit some crazy shots, but yeah, he did use it like in Denver. Remember when he was in Denver? Yeah. He used to throw down a lot in Denver. Yeah. Uh, so he, like I say, was he like in a dunk contest. I want to say he was I feel like he was in a dunk contest at some point. Could be wrong, but yeah. So like Jared Smith is like my, the first guy that comes to mind for me, but I think Monk could play the point better than what Jr. could. So that's why I yeah, say like yeah. a smaller Jr. Smith and a more athletic Lou Williams. So like those two combined. He was in, from what I'm seeing, he was in at least 2005 and 2009. Oh dang. He was in twice. Yeah. So yeah, he, that's a good comparison. A better Jr. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> a better. Yeah. A better, more level-headed J.R. Smith. How about that? Because you you, you forget, like, if J.R. Smith had his head on right, like, he could be an all-star. Dude, J.R.'s getting up there in all-time three-point, like, makes. It's kind of crazy. He's in, like, the top 15 or something like that. That's crazy. Well, you're around a while, and you're in the NBA right now. You're going to be up there because eventually it's going to be all taken over by 2000s players. Like, Ray Allen's going to be out. Like, all these guys are going to be. And I guess Ray Allen was a 2000s player, too. (laughs) But, like. Reggie Miller's gonna be out. Like all these guys are eventually gonna be. So would you say would you say that if you had to pick three players, that if somebody said Nick, give me three players and you would guarantee one of those will be selected by Dallas on draft night, would you say Nilakina, Dennis Smith, and Malik Monk? Yes. Yeah. I think I'm the same. Those and those are the three that you hope are, you know, gonna be around. You want you want your pick of the three. If you have your pick of the three, you go Monk one, Nilakina two, Smith three. Monk one, Nilakina two. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think in my latest draft board, I had Nilakina above him, but I don't know, man. It's so fluid right now. <laughs> it's so it fluid. Depends on how you're feeling during the day. <laughs> and it's when you think like I just look at, I I just think about the finals again, and I just think of you know. Just think about how the league is today and how dependent it is on those scores and how electric and how fun they are. And I'm like, man, like Monk might not be the most perfect ideal fit, but man, he would be so much fun. And he could play in the finals. Like JR JR Smith did. And Dennis Smith is the one to me that I'm like, I don't I'm not sure if he could play. Like if he's not he would get, you know, probably found out defensively and he has to have the ball in his hands kind of and I yeah, know. I mean, he could – I think three. Dennis Smith, he would ball. Like, he would be a lesser Kyrie Irving. Like, he, he would he would ball and get his points, but he just – you would have to scheme defensively around him. 
And then, you know, always have the ball in his hands. Like Monk, you could put, throw him at the one and two. And in today's game, being able to play multiple positions means so much. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We, we, we're going to be happy either way. We're yeah. just kind of nitpicking at this point. But yeah, at this point, you're just like, <laughs> you know. So, but Neil Akina could definitely play. His defense would be invaluable. He can spot up shoot. I mean, that's a guy you could definitely see playing in the finals if he was. All right, there you go. That's Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. We talked about all their strengths, weaknesses, if they're going to be available, their ceiling, their floor, the roster impact, and then why the Mavericks should take them and why the Mavericks shouldn't take them. There's no reason the Mavericks shouldn't take either if they're available. If Fox and Monk are both available, you get you would take Fox. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, the, yeah, I, I would have Fox if Dallas traded up to three with Philly. Behind Lonzo and Fultz, I'd take Fox. There you go. That's how yeah. high Isaac is on, on Fox, and I'm probably the same, about the same level. Hey, and, can I give a shout-out to the draft party? Yeah, of course. So for Mavs fans, if you're listening to this and you live in the Dallas area, and you're like, hey, man, what am I going to do on draft night? Am I going to sit at home and chill and watch? Or, or watch nah. my phone? Or... <laughs> watch my phone. <laughs> Something I will not do is – I'm going to have to put my phone down. It's going to be super hard. Or I'm going to have to turn Woj's updates off. Because, you know, he always – I can't – I have to watch it and not be ruined. I like, it. Was, I like it to be ruined. I like to think you, about it before really? it comes out. Yeah. I love seeing the, the suspense of him walking to the podium and his big massive ears. Oh, Adam Silver. <laughs> yeah. They're like satellite <laughs> dishes. Um but yeah, so the so the Mavericks, uh, the organization Dallas Mavericks, they're ho- they're hosting a draft party, and I know we've, t- we've tweeted out today, but it's gonna be at the Henderson Tap House, uh, which is a really really cool place. They do a lot of events <laughs> oh, there. Yeah. And Seth Curry is gonna be there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that's that's on draft night, five thirty. <laughs> Mavs people are gonna be there. There's gonna ESPN Radio is gonna be there. Seth Curry's going to show up. He's going to do a Q&A. Why are you laughing Because for what if all of a sudden Seth Curry's no, sitting no. up there and Skin is yeah. asking him questions, and then all of a sudden we just see Sarah Melton just walk out from behind, oh. whisper something into Seth Curry's ear, and he walks off stage and Skin calls it, and all of a sudden we get a tweet from Woj that says Seth Curry's been traded to XYZ team. That ain't going to no. <laughs> That'd be so bad. But yeah, there's gonna be prizes. That'd be the there. worst PR nightmare. Oh, I feel so bad for them if that happened. If I'm a Mavs fan, that's where that's where I would be. So yeah, we're gonna be there. So you can come talk to us. We'll be around. I'll be doing stuff. You'll be doing stuff. Yep. It's an exciting time to be a Mavs fan. I am so grateful for this pick. Without this pick, I don't know what we would talk about. Like last year, what would we talk about before the draft? Like. These are the prospects that'll be available at forty two. Like, <laughs> man, uh, don't don't get me started. That's I don't I don't bash on. I never jump on the board of like bashing the Mavericks organization or anything like that. But it's all that's always been something really frustrating for me is utilizing second round picks, especially when you see more and more like Pat McCall, Malcolm Brogdon. Cool. You know, you see all these players. I'm they like, they paid hey, three million dollars for that pick and got Pat McCall, and he played in the finals and was good. I know, man. I was like, man, like what? We picked freaking Satnam. I mean, for real? You know, and even like A.J. Hammond's like, A.J.'s a cool guy, but 
he didn't see Dirk on the floor until the fifth game. You know, you told me like <laughs> that was crazy when you told you he said was, that story. Like he was a four year guy that wasn't ready, and that, that's like, what are you doing? Like he's the same age as Harrison Barnes, so yeah. But that anyway. was not a good upside pick for them. Maybe they thought that. he was going to come in and be ready and be a stretch five, and that could be interesting. But he was just not yeah. ready. He's just not ready to play. So that it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. There you go. That's locked on maps. Thanks so much for listening. Follow me at Nick Van Exit. Follow Isaac at Isaac Harris NBA. You can look at the description of this podcast, and our Twitter handles will both be there. Just click it. They're little links. Also, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. Rate and review the podcast. Let's make us the most rated the highest rated locked on podcast because we're mffls we're all in it together and we're basically now not only are is the nba team competing against each other but now our podcasts are competing competing against each other so share this if you can share it to all your Mavs fans and friends and we really appreciate it guys our numbers like we said are through the roof right now that you know the draft is definitely helping but it's you guys that are, are stepping up and listening every day and we appreciate it thanks all the all the people on reddit that were saying keep up with the you know, the 30 plus minute pods, you know, this one definitely went longer than that. So there you go. You guys got what y'all, you want. Y'all can, uh, the guys that want the pods to be longer, y'all can more than happily tweet my wife about that because that was, <laughs> that was not part of the plan when we came on board and we were asked to take this over. It was, Hey honey, um, I'm going to do this podcast every day and it's going to be like 20 to 30 minutes. And it was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. And now it's becoming like 45 minutes to an hour. And she's like, dang, like, what is this? And so. Sometimes we talk for like an hour afterwards, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like we hit, yeah, we hit stop on the record and we just like sitting here talking. So, um, but yeah, it's fun. So we getting, enjoy we're it. We're getting in trouble by our wives. <laughs> I know. I'm pitting the doghouse with the dog. But yeah, we're also thinking about doing a uh, a Twitter and Reddit questions podcast. So if you guys would be interested in that, tweet us, send us Reddit. There's at least one Reddit user that knows my Reddit name because he he uh, added me today. Or what <laughs> what would you call that on Reddit? He uh, he mentioned me, I guess. I'm not a big I'm not a big Reddit guy. I need to be. I just love Reddit. I think it's great. You can, I I by the way I, I okay. Well, don't don't say your name. No, don't say your name. So, but I, I did use the name Locked On Nick. So you can you can use that name if you want to uh, to mention yeah. me, and I'll see that stuff. So yeah. if you see we something got, interesting, let me know. Yeah, and next week we've purposely left some days open for our pod. You know, we plan these things out in advance. Obviously, you know, with these prospects and you might not hitting, think so, but we do. <laughs> we do, yeah, and hitting certain prospects, and you know, I think OG and Mitchell are next. That's kind yeah. of like. As, as kind of a, like a couple of sleeper picks maybe just to kind of go through them. But then the, a couple of days leading up to the draft, we left it open. So we're going to cover news. We, we Like Nick said, we might do a bunch of questions where we put it out there and say, hey, you send us every question you have, and we might just do a pie going through fan questions. Yeah. We might have a guest on. We don't know. We got some different people that we could maybe have come on and talk draft stuff. And and then Thursday is going to be huge. We, we haven't hammered down our details on – what that's going to look like, but we're it's definitely going to have a late a, night. Isaac. Yes. We're, we're definitely going to have a pod coming out that night after the draft, talking everything that happened. Maybe we could get some people to jump on board. We're going to be there with everybody with Earl and the whole crew for the Mavs. So yeah, yeah we'll see. So, and that, that one we'll post as soon as we're done with it. So we've been waiting till like 5 a.m. the next day and posting it. Cause we think it's, it's better in the morning, but that one we'll post right away. So you guys can get on it and listen to it and enjoy it. So, 
All right, well, we're close. We're, we're literally – we're recording this on Thursday night, so we're a week away now. But you guys in the future are one day closer, six days at away. This, at this time next week. We will know. We will know. We will know who will be our next Maverick that we'll be so excited about. I know. We've Hopefully, talked, we've talked unless, about so much. Unless it's Zach Collins, and then we won't record that <laughs> night. <laughs> we'll just record like we'll we'll send you guys thirty minutes of silence. That's what we'll do. <laughs> I just, I just want to see like the tone in our voices of, of analog noise. Just <laughs> you know, if like we get somebody and we're like super crazy about it, and like we're so excited. But then, like, our voices to where if it's, like, Zach Collins, we're, like, Especially if we're interviewing him. Like, if we interview him, that would be so funny. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. Thanks so much again for joining us, guys. We really appreciate it. Keep keep tweeting us. We like the tweets. And if you're you're listening to this on the way to work, have a great day at work today. Have a great day at work. Today's going to be an awesome day at work. I don't know. Do something cool today that you've never did before. And if you're leaving work, way to go. You did it. Drive safe. Traffic sucks. We know. But I just got drive stuck safe. in it today. Oh, and come <laughs> come hang out with us at or me and some of the Seeing Stars guys at the uh, Fan Phenom at Twin Peaks in Fort Worth. We'll be there around 7. So. Come hang out. There you go. Now we're just babbling. So thanks so much for joining <laughs> us, guys. Appreciate it. Peace out. Boom. Boom.